happening again. It is happening again. Greetings, everybody. Welcome. It's Tuesday, August 17th. I'm David Basson. This is Free Fall. Got a very special guest coming in today, Theo Croker, who's appearing this week at the Black Cat down in the Tenderloin. His new album is about to come out in September, and we're going to talk to him about all kinds of stuff coming up in the second hour of our show. In the meantime, let's kick off Free Fall this morning with brand new music from Scrimshire. Thank you. 
was all a dream Day after day, just a yearning For something in between
tienes que ser guapa, nena, para lograrme excitar. Yo necesito tu cuerpo, baby, al despertar. No necesitas mucha experiencia para en mi vida entrar. Solo déjamelo todo a mí, te enseñaré a gozar. Riqueza no quiero ver, si quieres ser mi mujer, tú me puedes conquistar. No necesitas actuar, no hay nada particular, no necesito eso. No tienes que hablarme sucio para impresionar
first set for today. We began with Scrimshire from his new album, Nothing Feels Like Everything. We heard The Pile featuring Cleveland Watkiss. Then Prince from Welcome to America, One Day We Will All Be Free. Followed with Adam TM, a.k.a. Senior Coconut. We heard uh, his version of Prince's Kiss, also known as Basil. The album is This Is Electro Latino, Volume 1, but what it actually is, is taking his old Senior Coconut tracks, repurposed them under his other alias, Adam TM, and put them out. We'll reissue them, as it were. Still sounding really good. Lots of great stuff on this record. We follow with a new one from Koshimiya, Nashuro Bukwam from Volume 2, Bakasua, and Lord Endego gave us It's Not What You Know, It's What You Can Prove. Also, it's time to throw out those ratty t-shirts you've been living in for the past 15 months. Snag some swag at the KXSF online store in partnership with Bonfire. Score shirts in a variety of colors and designs, including a free-fall shirt. Rep the best independent community radio station in the Bay. Go online now to kxsf.m slash merch and shop till you drop. Theo Croker is coming in around 11 o'clock until he gets here. His Rafael Asensio on Freefall.
Bookending our last set with a couple of drummers, we began with Rafael Atencio and Parlicia from Nuevo Futuro. Emmajean Thackeray gave us Third Eye from Yellow. Kenny Garrett, when was that, from Sounds from the Ancestors. And finally, Tommaso Capolato, Legend of the Bringer, from his new one called Pioneer. Continuing with music from David Ornette Cherry, son of trumpeter Don Cherry, here on Free Fall. Time to change, rise with me, no limits to vision, my free. Change, rise with me, no limits to vision, mind free. They say keep it real, I choose to follow dreams, make the dreams real, cause I believe. Time of change, rise with me, no limits to the vision, mind is free. They say, keep it real. Keep I it choose real. to follow I dreams to make follow the dreams make real. The dreams real, cause, cause I, I believe. brought to life, we sow it. Time of change, rise with me. No limits to vision, a mind free. So, though hard sometimes, never give in. Just remember all the blessings in this life that I and you've been given responsibility. Responsibility. responsibility play my part responsibility play my part responsibility play my part so i deliver for love from heart responsibility play my part responsibility play my part so i deliver for love from heart you gotta give it how you live it. Give it how you live it. Give it how you live it. 
Music from Brandy Younger, Olivia Benson from her album Somewhere Different. Before that, Web Web and Max Hair together, Satori Ways from their album Web Max, also featuring Brandy Younger as a guest on there, playing the harp and lovely harp it is. And at the very top of the set, David Ornette Cherry, son of trumpeter Don Cherry, from his forthcoming record, Organic Nation Listening Club, we heard so and so and so and so. We're waiting on Theo Croker to show up here for the interview. We are going to have some ticket giveaways for this week, Thursday and Friday, at the Black Cat, so stay tuned. Music from Mr. T on Freefall. Alarms off in my garage when I'm feeling now. So much 
much construction that I had to take a different route. Like BET, I'm about to show you how I'm living now. Stab, that's okay from his latest called Geski. And before that, Mr. T, track called Felibration. This is I don't, right here. I don't, I, this might be my last rap on the planet. Theo Croker's here. I don't know what I'm going to say after this. This is State of the Union. Same in my book, they do whatever it takes for a hit or a vote. And my sister, the whole 
was getting rigged on the floor So she headed out to Cuba like a side of Shakur Dot, 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 that's the sound of the tumble Serpent in the rainbow, fake food Do you remember Hollywood? I just eating watermelon And the propaganda films were created for perception They came with armor, we came with power They came with violence, we came with science They came with cannons, we stayed defiant That's how we got our independence This ain't Jimmy Fox, back to the future This is more super fly black to the future Let your hair down She said she loved the vibe Ask me what trouble from Told her to trouble leave her She loved jazz Said she feeling croaker That's my sh Black to the future In this time machine We were meant to be Long before we were dark In this galaxy Theo Croker from Black to the Future, new record. Sorry about that. A little loud. Welcome to KXSF. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Dave. How you doing? Pretty good. Good to see you. This new album, I think, is fantastic. I ask some people sometimes how to describe your music. Mm. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know what to tell them. What I'd like to say is that I like to compare you to somebody like Robert Glasper. Okay. Who has a base in what he does, but mm -hmm. he expands out different groups, different styles, right? different ways of playing his, his thing. Mm -hmm. What do you have to say about that? I, I would agree with that. I mean, uh, I feel like for me, music is a, it's an exploration. It's not a set thing. Um, I'm always looking to find new ways to express myself, uh, new ways to explore my own creativity. And um, I'm always looking to create music that I don't hear. In other words, like, you know, sometimes I hear stuff, I'm like, oh, this is killing. I really wish it would do this. For me, that's inspiration to take it and create something that does what I want it to hear. What I would want to hear it do. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really, you know, it's my own adventure of exploring music and how it should sound. I'm not really a conformist in any type of way. So I, I noticed that you grew up in Florida, kind yeah. of in the middle of the state, right yeah. by the villages, right? Yeah, I did. Retirement community. Wow, you know about that. Yeah, I looked that up. <laughs> and, and, um, and uh, I, I was thinking, like, what's it like growing up there? Your grandfather was Doc Cheatham, mm -hmm. right? So did you were inspired to play trumpet because of him? You know, not really. I was more inspired by my older brother who played trumpet. Okay. For fun. He was really good. He so it just, runs in the family. It does. Everybody in my family is very, very, very musical, though I'm the only one that, like, you know, took it to any type of professional level other than my grandfather. But, you know, I just wanted to be like my, my big brother. And I would sneak in his room and play his trumpet. And then one day he was, he was just over it. And so uh, I signed up for it in school. I remember my parents were very much like, they were like, you know, you don't have to play trumpet because of your grandfather. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, I... I I want to play trumpet. And then at that point, I started to realize that my grandfather was this, you know, legend. Did you spend a lot of time with him? 
I did as a grandson, yeah. Uh-huh. And then anytime he would perform, you know, places like Sarasota and Miami and stuff like that, we would go. Uh, we'd see him perform at Town Hall. I've seen him perform at Lincoln Center when I was a kid. Um, but, you know, I was, that was before I was into music, like jazz. I was always into music, but before I was like, oh, I want to play. You just went to see your grandpa. I just wanted to see grandpa. Like, that was normal. Got it. To see grandpa at some big Town Hall concert was normal. That's just what he did, right? <laughs> That's just what he did. Okay. Um, we used to hang out a lot with him in airports, actually. Really? Just to like he coming would, and going? Yeah, he would tour so much. And back then you could hang out in an airport. Uh-huh. So I would arrive the same time he's leaving and we would hang out in the airport at a restaurant or something. That's nice. Or he would come back the day I'm leaving and stuff like that, you know, with my mom and dad. So that was that was normal. Okay. <laughs> that was a different <laughs> <All right>. thing. <laughs> what was growing up in Florida like? Was it pretty conservative where you were? Because uh, that middle of Florida location yeah. there is... <laughs> kind of kind of looks like it'd be very uh, right wing. It is. It is. Um, you know, I, I, I would say where I grew up was very, in a way, the, the, the vibe in the air was very segregated. It was you were either right wing or you were everyone else. Um, so, of course, there were plenty of liberal things. I mean, my parents were from New York City, so they were very liberal. And we had lots of friends of all creeds and colors and, and, and nationalities and religions. Um, that's just the way my family was, but the town itself is very small, under 20,000 people. Wow. Not much for you to do. Uh-huh. Uh, beautiful, um, countryside and forest and beaches and all that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, not very, not very forward thinking politically at all. How did your parents come from New York and wind up there? <laughs> it was the middle of nowhere, and that's what they needed because New York was crazy. Just needed to get out of, they get out of New York? To, yeah, they, they, they didn't see that going well for me and my brother. Okay, so that was uh, kind of a call for help, a cry for help for you guys? Yeah, they yeah. just, you know, I was born in Florida. My brother wasn't. I think when they moved there, he was five or six. But the, the whole point was they grew up there, and growing up in New York in the 50s and 60s was not easy. And then New York... A lot of people don't know this, but New York in the 90s and 80s was insane. Yeah. It was not a safe place. It was crime everywhere. <laughs> yeah. At all. So they, you know, I was born in 85, so they got out of there around 81, I think, uh, 82, to, uh, you know, just to do something different. And Florida is where my father's side of the family is from. Your father was a civil rights activist, right? He was. Both, Actually, both my parents were. My mother was uh, John Henry Clark's TA at Hunter College. And actually, she was more active than he was. I really? think he gets a lot of the credit because he's a man. Was that hard for them, being in that small little town of Florida, being with that kind of mindset? No, I think for them, it made them super advanced and made it very easy for them to navigate because um, though because they were from New York City and so highly educated, when they did move to Florida with their careers uh, in the education system, they were overqualified. I so see. it kind of made it easy for them to focus on us being raised correctly instead of also you know navigating they didn't have to navigate the place as much sounds like he had good parents i had great parents i'm very grateful for my parents i had great parents that let me be artistic they let me do my thing they're the type of parents that you know didn't just tell you no to tell you no but would explain things um when you got in trouble man it was when i got in trouble it was so much talking involved later that I would avoid getting in trouble to not have to sit through hours of talking. <laughs> That's a switch. Most people get hit with a belt or something. I got that, that too, that but that yeah. didn't work with me. So you, the, talking, had, the talking did the it. The talking huh? worked, yeah. All right, let's stop talking for a minute. Listen <laughs> to a track from the new album. That's this good. is Hero Stomp here on Free Fall. <laughs>
That was Hero Stomp from Black to the Future, A Future Past. Tell me about that track. I, w- I just want to say before you, sorry, I just want to mention, that sound to me, if Phil Spector produced jazz and the wall of sound, that's what that would sound like to me. I forgot the question you wanted me to describe, explain the song. Which one? How that? This one. Oh, Hero that? Stomp, yeah. So Hero Stomp, I mean, basically, you know, this new album, it's actually called Black to Life, A Future Past. It was called Black to the Future. Oh, sorry, my mistake. But we had to change it because somebody else called the album that. And, you know, the press have small minds. But what we <laughs> can do is we can talk about the song. Hero Stomp is the part of the story because this album is a, it's a, it's a movie. It's an audio, it's an audio adventure. Okay. Um, I wrote it like a soundtrack, and it's supposed to be a movie, and I'm the hero of the story. So this is the point in the movie where the hero receives the blessing from his tribe and all his tribe's mates, um, where basically the tribe imbues him with the power to conquer his his deepest darkest self. So the whole call and response with the tribe is is me proving my worthiness to receive their power and their blessings before going on to fight to fight the final battle. That's pretty deep. <laughs> it's kind of like Macbeth, you know the the part of Macbeth where he's descending into hell. Uh huh. That's it. Well, okay. So in your press release, it said that you went back to Leesburg, mm-hmm. Florida. I did. And you took some psilocybin. A lot of it. And yeah. went inward, mm-hmm. and this is where you came up with this record. Can yes. you go into that? <laughs> yes, I can. I find psilocybin mushrooms to be extremely healing and and highly therapeutic, especially if they're done with a clean system and body and mindset. Do you microdose or do you just do the full on? I, I do both. Okay. I do both, but at this time it was during the pandemic and I had no commitments and I shut off my phones and all those things and I sat in the in the in the forest near my home because florida central florida is full of that and i just got in touch with myself and i faced all the dark parts of myself and i faced all the insecurities within myself and all of the you know trauma that i had you know we all have in life from different things i experienced and the mushrooms really helped me heal from that did the pandemic hit you hard no the pandemic hit me beautifully Okay. I needed that time off. I guess I meant, like, did you have uh, friends and family that were impacted by that? No. Or, no? I didn't. Kind of came uh, out of it okay. I had a grandmother who, who caught COVID while in Argentina and traveled back to the States and didn't even know she had it. Wow. And she's in her 90s. Good so for her. Yeah. that's the only, you know, fortunately, that's the only um, issue we've had. I believe it's real and it's, something, it's not something to play with. No, it's not. Um, yeah. So... You know, we've, you know, through recording this or even being home and traveling, we've had to take extreme precautions on everything. Uh, so we do take it seriously. Lots of testing. And, you know, like I just have permanent holes in the back in your of my nose. nose. Yeah. <laughs> so. The people at the club were telling me the other night at the Black Hat that uh, they had to turn a bunch of people away last week because they, do, they yeah. either weren't vaxxed up or they only had wouldn't wear a mask or right. silly stuff like that, you know? Yep. I mean, you know, I believe it's everybody's choice and option to get vaccinated and everything. But I think, you know, I think the mask helped. You know, I'm not a scientist. I leave that to the scientists and the doctors. But I, I think if we all just get on the same page, everything will come back to some kind of normality sooner. We can hope. Right? We can only hope. I, 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 I hate to be uh, fatalistic about it, but <laughs> so many people are like politicize this thing. Mm-hmm. 
doesn't make any sense to me. Right. It's silly. I mean, anytime you're going to politicize a sickness or a virus, then you know it's for other reasons. That's true. <laughs> That's true. In the background, we're listening to a track you did with Didi Bridgewater. Yep. Let's talk about how you two hooked up, and you were her band leader for a long time. I was. I was her MD for about five years. So how'd yeah. that come about? Well, we met in Shanghai, China. I was playing in a, in a big band that she was performing with at a festival. Um, and she was there for about a week, and we got to hang out a lot. Well, she wanted to hang out with me from the moment I came in rehearsal because I was the only person of color in the whole band. Oh, okay. That wasn't, you know, Chinese or ethnic Chinese or Australian or whatever. It was an international band. but So I took her and her friend out to dinner, and then I took them shopping, and then every day we'd hang out, and I would have, you know, two, three shows a day in different venues with different projects I was doing because that city of 28 million people maybe had like 10, 15 clubs, but only had like 30 or 40 musicians living there wow so it was you know plenty of work and she saw all the things i was doing and became very interested and started coming and sitting in on a lot, a lot of the projects i was in a fusion band a salsa band she sat in with uh a fela kuti type funk band that i had oh nice um which is was the basis of Afrophysicist. actually all those arrangements were things i was doing in in shanghai at the time and so when she left, I gave her an iPod full of all of the bootleg recordings that I had of um, all the performances I did because I recorded everything. And then a few months later, she came back with Herbie Hancock on a State Department tour with the now called the Hancock Institute. Okay. And she had somebody call me and say, come meet her at her show. So I did. And um, she said, look, uh, uh, we went out that night. She came and sat in with another thing I was doing. She asked the next day for me to come to lunch with her so I said okay and I came and met her at her hotel for lunch and she offered me a production deal she said I think your music is incredible You're, you have a legacy I don't think you should be just be doing it here in Asia I think you need to reach the international market with you it will take some time but I, I want to produce a project that's eclectic like all the things I've seen you do here what year was this this was in 2010 so you had put your first two records out by that time, right? I did, yeah. Okay. But there was a big gap between those. and, and yeah, It was like a five-year period. Yeah, could, I yeah. just didn't record. Yeah. Um, or didn't release anything that I recorded. And so basically she was like, I want to produce a record for you uh, through my label, and then I want to get you signed to a major. Fantastic. And get you a licensing deal. So yeah. she taught me about all those things, licensing. I mean, Dee Dee, I don't think it's, I know she doesn't get the credit she deserves as a producer and entrepreneur because she has run her own label even if it's just been her music she has run her own label in this industry by herself her and her daughter for decades i didn't know that but so <laughs> but like i we were talking thing. earlier she's been on a long musical journey mm -hmm. yes, you know from has. soul and disco to to jazz right. um she's seen and done quite a bit so that would make sense that she's yeah. kind of taking charge of her own career that way and and for for her to be a producer of uh, a, a black female producer producing a male trumpet player unusual is <laughs> highly unusual and you know the chances you know if c3po was there he would have told us the chances are a million to one that i'd make it but didi believed in me and she put all her resources and time her and tulani behind me to get me get me moving so i had to go with it um promoters wouldn't book me um by yourself you mean as your own band yeah they wouldn't yeah. book me uh my own band or overseas 
So um, she said, okay, it's now going to be Dee Dee Bridgewater featuring Theo Croker, and you're going to put together a band and bring it on the road with me, and you're going to be my MD. So every show we did for years, we would play the first 10, 15 minutes, like a medley of my music, Mm -hmm. and then um, we'd go into something funky and introduce Dee Dee. Um, I revived a lot of her older songs because she was in between album cycles. So we would, you know, we brought out things like... um, well, we have I Can't Help It and Save Your Love From Me from mm-hmm. the Afrophysicist record. Right. We um, brought out things like Love For Sale and Night Moves and really dug into her catalog of when she was a little more uh, fusion-y and crossover. Right. And rearranged a lot of that stuff and brought it back uh, in a new way for her, which I think allowed her to get out of the ear of just the jazz heads. Because people think, you know, Dee Dee's just jazz. Dee Dee has pop records. She got disco records. You don't want to be stuck in a box there. You want to be able to be free exactly. and experiment. She was, she's done, she's on some of the Return to Forever stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With Stanley Clark. And so, I mean, Dee Dee's been all over the place musically and was never one, one thing. Um, so I think that was, while I was MD, that was kind of my goal was like to make sure I'm getting all these pieces of Dee Dee into like one show. And did that inform you as a producer going down the road from Absolutely. what you learned from her? Do you yeah. produce your own records? I do. I've produced all of my own records except for Afrophysicist, which she produced. But yeah, when she met me, I was producing stuff already. Um, I've just been so focused on doing my records because they take a lot of time. I guess, yeah. I mean, <laughs> your, your records, like I mentioned before, they seem to be, they have so many different styles you're working on mm-hmm. here. I mean, I hear, I hear big band, I hear bop. I right. hear, you know, funk and jazz and everything in between in there. Right. Which is why I made that Robert Glasper comparison earlier. Because yeah. it kind of encompasses that whole spectrum of jazz mm-hmm. without being simply tied down to one particular area. Right. Um, you work with a lot of different musicians. I remember when you were in town in 2019, we talked, you said you had a, a band here and a band in New York. Mm-hmm. Here, when you're doing the Black Hat, you've had three weeks residency mm-hmm. and three different groups, correct? Yeah. So how do you figure out how that's going to work and how do you get all these musicians together to be on the same page? <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of phone calls and text messages. <laughs> well, I, the other thing is when I look at your records, there's so many guest artists all the time, right? Mm-hmm. So it seems like as a solo performer, you have the freedom to work with whomever you want. Yes, I do. And you take full advantage of that. Yeah, absolutely. So how does that work for you in rounding people up and setting them up for a band week to week and that kind of thing? Yeah, I mean, well, this this was a unique situation because I purposely didn't want to just bring in the people I normally always work with. I really wanted to expand a little bit. So, I mean, China was at the top of my list. I was I'd love to bring China out. China Moses, who I saw with you on mm-hmm. Sunday, is Dee Dee's daughter. Correct. Right? Yep. So you're keeping it in the family, kind of? Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, I know she hasn't performed in SF. She hasn't done a lot on the West Coast in the States. And I have a singer coming in this week named Alita Moses, who I think is brilliant and more people need to know about. Um, so it was really, I had a couple things in mind. One is I wanted to hire people who I know had their own projects mm-hmm. and that are mostly band leaders so I could expose them. Um, and I figured it would be fun to have a group where everybody's a leader. And I figured it would be a challenge or an adventure for me to then lead them. Um, and then, um, yeah, that's basically it. Just people I wanted to work with and wanted to experiment and try things out with. Jonathan Barber, a great drummer, Elu, wonderful pianist. Um, Is that the guy who played on Sunday? 
No, that was Michael King. He's actually in my band. He is fantastic. Yeah, he's amazing. There was, a, I forget what song you did. I don't know if you did anything from the album that night. Mm-hmm. Did you do Hero Stomp that night? It sounded like... I think we did. With that jam where you left the stage and they yeah. just carried on? Yeah, that sounds like me. I mean, the bass player <laughs> the bass player was like, his, I thought his finger was going to burn up oh, on, yeah. the low, on, the, on the lower frets up there. And then the drums and the piano were kicking into high gear. Yep. It was fantastic. And you came and stuck the landing. Yep. It's a vibe. I mean, so this this past week, because it was the drummer and the, and the pianist that normally play with me, my goal, other than music with China, was to experiment with some of the new music from the album, um, and see you know see how it played out live and see the different places I could take it before I really put together you know what the presentation of it is. So a, a residency in a club setting is kind of the perfect place to do that. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I was going to say, like, it isn't the typical band set where you come in and you're doing a, uh, basically, you're doing the hits from the album, right? Right, because it's not out yet. It's not out till September 24th, right? Exactly. So we got a little jump on that. It was like, well, I'm just going to hit the stage and do what I do, right? And I don't think the audience cared. It doesn't matter. I mean, right. they're just going to see you. Yeah, I mean, I like scaring people, and I like, I like, I like when people get that slight discomfort when they're listening to music that they're not sure what's happening or what's going on or why their body is vibrating that way. Just that, something's taking control. Exactly. That to me is fun. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go into another track here. Uh, we're going to play uh, Light Skin Beauty from Afrophysicist. Oh, wow. Take All it right. back. All right. We'll come up. Be back with Theo Croker in just a minute here. Thank you. 
don't know if this one should be on the record. What's that? It was nobody, nobody but me liked this song on the record. Pronounce it for me again. Alkebulan. Alkebulan. Yeah. Why did nobody like this except for you? Uh, I mean, that's how you know you're onto something. When you <laughs> when you when you let uh, label people and my label people are cool and 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 you let label people hear what you're doing and they hear it and they go. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe this one doesn't need to be here. You're like, oh, okay, then that one, we're definitely going to put that one out. <laughs> did you did you have to Well, you've been you've been doing your own thing for a while. I mean, how much input do labels really have with your records? If oh, any. Musically they don't. Yeah. I've signed I've signed whole contracts and they haven't heard a track. Okay. Um that's that's just how I roll and um Actually, you know what? This last the, the the record that's about to come out, I only let the lawyer hear it. The the <laughs> lawyer for Sony. Um, and why him or her? Her, 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 because because she's the one that's going to send you the contract with the with the dollar amount on it. But is she the? She's not the A and R person. No, but really, how these I shouldn't even be saying this stuff. But really, how these major labels work is it's the it's the head of the label and the the head. There's the there's the how do you say there's the CEO of the label or whatever, right? And then there's the head of the label and there's the lawyer, and it's the three of them that get you your deal. So you you a lot of artists may not ever even go back and forth with the lawyer, but. The label was like, we really need to hear something, this and that. And I was like, okay, I'll make you a deal. I will let the lawyer hear all of it, and only her. And hopefully, she's a fan. She is a fan. I, I knew that. Yeah. I knew she was a fan, uh, and I know her well personally, even though she's very professional. And so I agreed to let her hear it and only her hear it. And I had a deal a week later. Great. <laughs> <laughs> It helps to have a fan of the label then. Yeah, yeah, especially in the legal department. Definitely. That's right. But they're cool people. That whole label, Masterworks, they're great people. They really love what they do, and they really care about the music. So I don't get a lot of pushback on things. Mm. I see on this new record, you have in the past also, but you're kind of moving into this Afrofuturist mm -hmm. vibe. It's kind of a movement. I see you've all, you know, you mentioned the ancestors on mm -hmm. tracks and things. Um, where do you see that going? I guess it would continue to reach back. I mean, the further into my ancestry I can reach and understand, the more about the past that I can understand, the further into the future I can go. Do you do, you do a lot of research about the past? Absolutely. Let it, let it inform the future? I have to, because there's so much we've been taught, especially the era I grew up in. I mean, I just remember some of my history textbooks and how they talked about the rest of the world and how they framed everything around you know uh an american a white american european uh, uh point of view now we're talking critical race theory right basically yeah. <laughs> we're talking instead of a view of the global majority of the population so it's like really you know understanding that there were universities in africa you know a hundred thousand years ago and grand cities and 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 hospitals and and libraries and things like that. I mean, just even learning stuff like that changes um, being a, an American, changes my whole perception of how the whole world works and what the history really comes from. Have you seen the Afrofuturist uh, exhibit at the Oakland Museum? No, there's an, there's an Afrofuturist. <laughs> yeah, it opened no. like a week or two ago. No, I'm definitely going. Yeah, they're, they're, they're open like, uh, I think, 
They're open every afternoon. You okay. Could, you could probably check it out before you went to your show. Yeah, I would definitely do that. Yeah. That might be on the move today. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it's called, um, did I write it down here? The name of it, it's called, uh, yeah, From the Mothership to Black Panther. Oh, I love it. Yeah, Good and they, they, built, they built a replica of uh, Parliament Funkadelic Mothership oh, there. Oh, nice. Yeah. Ooh. They have the original one in D.C. Yeah, I've heard. I haven't I saw gotten that. that it's, yet. It's great. Wow. But they built a replica here in Oakland, so Ooh. I'm going to check that out when I have free time, too. I'm going to be on that. Yeah. Very cool. All right, we'll be right back with some Theo Croker. No, you know what? I wanted to mention that because I saw you singing the other night. Uh-oh. I didn't. Did you sing on any of your previous records? Um, yeah, I've done like I've done background vocals on some of the records. You and, I thought you had a good voice, and I thought <laughs> you should do more. Then you do a George Benson thing, you know? I'm working like on work it. on your singing career I as am. well as your trumpet playing. It's coming because you got the breathing thing down. I do, I do. I'm working on it. <laughs> it's something I'm working on in the shed. I'll bring it out when it's ready. Okay. Someone asked you about playing a club now. 
I was sitting next to a couple mm-hmm. who were talking the entire time through oh, the, sure. the set. And I, you said, I'm watching you. I don't know if you're referring to them specifically. <laughs> I was, actually. They were talking loud. I knew their whole combo. And I kept looking at them going, have some respect. Right. But no. Right. So how does that affect you as an artist when you're up on stage? I mean, well, artistically, it, it's it's unfortunate. It doesn't happen everywhere. And I know San Francisco is, is, is different to even have a venue like that. Um, but I feel like it's not something I take personal or put too much attention on because I still have a room full of other people that are into it. Doesn't you know? distract you at all? Right. No, I, basically I felt like the captain of a ship and I had two stowaways. <laughs> and, you know. That's, <laughs> that's a great way of putting it. And we're going we're gonna to dump them as soon as we get close enough to a planet with a habitable uh, atmosphere. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, we're just going to let them, you know, we can't dump them in space. But Not yet, anyway. It just feels like, to me, a couple of things. If I go to somebody's show and I want to talk, even if it's just whispering a pretty lady's ear, I'm going to sit in the back so I don't disturb nobody. Right? I mean, there was a back. They could have they hung out There was a the back there. to sit. It would be called it in the cut. Um, but, you know, I feel like they just, they missed out on the vibrations. That's on them. That's not really... Too much to be worried about. I wasn't sure that they were there for you. I got the feeling they were there because it was the black cat. They wanted to, it was date night. They just wanted to spend some Basically, money. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. But despite that, the set was great. Yep. And you're doing the rest of the week at the black cat. Yeah. So Wednesday through Saturday, is that right? Wednesday through Sunday. I, I leave on Saturday, but I got um, a great saxophonist named Danny Janklo coming in from LA, and he'll be. He'll kind of be the feature for the weekend. Um, I'm there Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. I got Eric Wheeler on bass. Uh, who else I got? I got Paul Konish and Javier Santiago on piano. And I have uh, a great drummer named Jonathan Pinson on drums and an amazing vocalist named Alita Moses. No relation to China Moses. Okay. <laughs> well, we do have some tickets to give away. Oh, so yeah. let's give the phone number out. It's 415-648-7327. We have tickets for either... Thursday night, 6 or 8 o'clock show, Friday, 6, 8, or 10 p.m. Woo! So, we're going to bring the music up a little bit. Give us a call, 415-648-7327, Thursday, Friday, 6, 8, or 10. Here we go.
listening to Theo Croker, who's appearing this week for uh, last four days residency at the Black Cat here in San Francisco. Cool little club down in the Tenderloin. Be careful parking down there, but I'd say <laughs> I, I, I took Watch a lift down there. Yeah, but <laughs> it's, a, it's a great club. The vibe is great. The sound is great. We were just talking about the sound guy mixing with an iPad, mm -hmm. which I thought was very it's cool. It. The food is fantastic, too. Yes, pretty good. They got good. a new chef, and I love that. Theo, I want to thank you so much for coming by. Um, the new album is, should I get it right? <laughs> Black to Life, A Future Past. That's correct. Comes out on Sony Masterworks September 24th. Is that yep, correct? That is right. All right. We'll see you again. Thanks so Absolutely. much for coming by KXSF. Thanks for having me. Dude. All right. You're welcome. Peace. Peace. Stay.